joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Lord, just one moment in your presence. It's your presence that we need. It's your presence that we desire. Lord, your presence changes everything. So Father, we just invite your presence. We welcome your presence and we know that your presence is here with us. Lord, we have we have desires and longings in our hearts that only you can satisfy. So Father, today, we just search your word. We search your word. We open up our hearts, our minds, our spirits, and we say, drop those truths. Drop those truths in our hearts that are going to make a difference in our relationships, Lord. We want healthy relationships, Lord, authorized by you. Relationships that are going to change the world, Lord. So Father, we invite you in. We just want to bless you, Lord, through our worship. We just want to bless you through the messages. We want to bless your people, Lord. So we just say, come, have your way in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. You bless us every week. I really appreciate Chris on drums. Uh, when I was in junior high, I started out on drums, and they promptly moved me to what they called an important percussion instrument. I mastered that triangle. I just want you guys to know that. So we have an amazing morning plan for you. We have an expert relationship panel for you. And they're each going to have 10 minutes to share one truth that they use in their life-giving relationships. And I'm going to introduce them to you in a moment. My name is Joanne Cannon. I'm married to my husband, Gord, now for over 30 years. And uh, we have two adult children, young adult children. Victoria is in Seattle studying molecular biology. And our son, Blake, enthusiastically serves in the parking lot and on security. And he's in 12th grade. So um, my job as the executive pastor here at C3 Church is to ensure that Pastor Lauren and Pastor Kelly's vision, as well as the board of directors' vision, um, is worked out, whether it be worked out in the facility or the finances or in our fabulous staff and leaders. So I'm going to introduce you to three of our fabulous staff and leaders this morning. First of all, Melissa Sawatsky. This is Melissa. Melissa oversees small groups as well as missions. She is an excellent communicator and connector, and she has a heart to see each one of you step into your destiny through authorized relationships. She is married to Timothy on the end. Timothy is our assistant pastor. His responsibility is to care for your needs as the congregation. He is an excellent teacher, a great listener, and an encourager, and his heart is to equip each one of you to have and build great relationships. And finally, Janelle Sadowski. Janelle is married to 
John there in the front row, they've been married for over 25 years. They have four children, one son, two daughters, and one son-in-law. Janelle oversees our family ministry, so that's ages zero to 18. She has a passion to see that every family that walks through these doors are healed and whole, so they're not just surviving, but thriving as a family. And uh, you can see the fruit of her labors throughout our entire uh, church. So these three people have been anointed and appointed. They have committed and submitted hearts, and they have a word for you in season. So 10 minutes, one truth. Buckle your seatbelts, because here we go. Welcome, Melissa. Um, so when we were asked to share on um, a, a revelation around relationships, something that we've worked through, something that we feel we could share with, um, I started to make a list of some things and that over 20 years of living with this wonderful man over here that I've learned and grown in. And anyways, I came up with seven keys to thriving relationships, but I have... 10 minutes, so I will share one key. <laughs> and just because God gives us a revelation in a certain area and keys how to live it out, doesn't mean we're perfect in it. It doesn't mean we get it right all the time. But what it does do is gives an opportunity to choose life, to choose those um, instructions that God has given us so that our relationship can actually grow deeper and and stronger through it. Um, the opportunity then for your, especially in a marriage relationship, to get richer and stronger over the years, um, that's where it's at. Um, I know when I was a teenager and I heard a couple talk about, oh, but I love my husband more now than I did when we first married, I was like, how does that work? <laughs> Didn't quite understand that. And uh, I can honestly say I know what that's about, but it takes work and it takes application um, to decide every day to love my husband and to work towards a better relationship. And every relationship gets better and sweeter as we actually put effort in, and work into it. So the key I wanna talk about this morning is um, recognizing selfish behaviors and the key role that repentance plays in our relationships. It's pretty big, I think, um, because I'm confronted with this daily, as this last week exposed. So I have a little story which I got the okay to share from Tim. <laughs> Um, because it was like I walked into something and it just revealed an area that I still needed to work on, that God still wanted to do in my life. So we had an interesting relational interaction, a kind way of putting a disagreement, a fight, a tiff, whatever you want to call it, a tiff. A tiff. Um, it was interesting. So needless to say, it happened early, very early on or February 14th on Valentine's Day. Of course it did. The day that's set aside for relationships, or as some people like to call it, Singleness Awareness Day. It, uh, it definitely highlighted and heightened um, where we were at with our relationship. So the alarm went off at 6 a.m. And the night before, we had talked, and Tim had said, you know, make sure that I get up right away. 
um, he gets up a couple mornings a week and goes does jujitsu and he has got to get moving and he says I can't I can't slow down tomorrow morning make sure that I'm up I'm like okay so the alarm goes off and I turn over and I said hey it's six get up <laughs> so um, and I said I'll, I'll wait you go get ready first and whatever so he gets up and gets ready and I lay there and I'm thinking huh it's Valentine's Day I wonder what this day is going to be like. I wonder how much love I'm going to get. <laughs> so um, I get up, I quickly get dressed, get ready to take the dog for her regular morning walk. And I go downstairs and uh, Tim's in the kitchen getting some eggs and some coffee going and not much happening in the atmosphere for love. It's just kind of dead. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, oh, uh, hey, just wanted to talk a little bit about family day. What are our plans? and got a very short answer. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not gonna have this discussion right now. Okay, see you later, out to walk the dog. So I'm out walking the dog, and of course, the way our lovely weather is, it makes for a very treacherous walk, and I've been navigating my streets quite well over the last couple weeks, deciding which side of the sidewalk is safe, which middle of the road is good, all that, dealing with the ice, but I'm walking through slush in the middle of the road, and all I'm just feeling is, Wow, Valentine's Day, I got a sucky marriage. This day is really gonna suck. Uh, seriously, those are the words that were going through my head. So I'm walking and usually a walk will clear my head. Didn't happen this morning. So get around our, our big crescent. It's a, it's a pretty big wide crescent and get back about a half an hour later and Tim's outside getting the car going. And I walk and I think I see him. I'm like, oh, maybe now I'll get my happy Valentine's Day. Instead, I walk past him and he goes, the ice needs to be salted. I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, did you want me to do it? I'm like, I was like, so I'm like, I responded very quickly and shortly and I'm like, oh, I'll get it. And he's like, no, 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 I'll go do it. Cause he could tell that I got unnerved by that. So he ran up, went to the bucket that we have on the step, grabbed some salt, sprinkled it down and ran it back. and. As he's heading back to the, to the car to leave, I'm like, well, do I get a hug? Yeah, that's really inviting, but that's what I said. So he runs back, and he gives me one of those most unaffectionate hugs, and I'm like, great. <laughs> so he leaves, I'm back inside. Now I gotta get ready for the day and uh, feed the animals and getting, getting my morning going, and all of a sudden I just paused and I thought for a moment, and it was just, the way God works, and I was really um, convicted that my behavior was very selfish. And I realized that I did not consider at all maybe what was going on in his world that would create him to um, be in his own world and not very interactive with me and, and maybe projecting a bit of a mood, whatever. Instead of me wanting to love him, I just sucked it in and felt like, well, he doesn't love me and it's all about me today and I didn't feel very much love. So in those moments, being made aware of my selfish behaviors, it really just led me in a good way into repentance. And repentance really, we've heard this before, is just a change of mind. Um, repentance is also feeling remorse, regret, those kind of things. And, you know, I did feel that. I felt bad for the way I had responded uh, that morning. But more than anything, I just realized I need to switch my thinking. This isn't about me. This, is, this relationship is not about me. And I was like, huh. So I was like, okay, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I actually put more weight 
on him meeting my needs than God meeting my needs. That I put more weight on what I expected from him versus what I knew God could give me. So as I repented, it was amazing because God gently and lovingly just filled me with joy and peace and my perspective completely shifted for the day. It was unbelievable. I was grumpy before you heard my words. I was feeling pretty sucky. And I was like, as I repented, God just opened the doors to fill me with joy and peace and love for my husband. So I wanna read a couple scriptures that really summarize this well. Psalm 86, verse three to five says, be merciful, O God, for I'm calling on you constantly. Give me happiness, O Lord, for my life depends on you. O Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask your aid. And then Romans two, three and four from the message says, you didn't think, did you, that just by pointing your finger at others, you would distract God from seeing all your misdoings and from coming down on you hard? Or did you think that because he is such a nice God, he'd let you off the hook? Better think this one through from the beginning. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into radical life change. That is really what repentance is, is radical life change. And that's what his kindness does, is he leads us. So often we're very good at noticing other people's behavior. We're really good, and I'm classically saying this to my children when they're pointing the finger. I'm like, yeah, you know how many are pointing back at you? The classic, right? But I do the same thing. I, I'm so aware of other people's behavior that I'm not looking at, well, what's going on inside of me? But that's what God's kindness does, is he leads us into repentance, and he leads us so that we can trust him to look into our heart and to change us. I'm so grateful for his kindness, kindness and how he gives us that opportunity to have a radical life change. When I look at others as my source, we're always gonna be let down. Always, because we're human, I'm human. I let people down all the time, unfortunately. You know, and we don't wanna run around trying to be people pleasers because then we're just trying to do something that's impossible. Really, our source should be the Lord, and when I allow him to be my source, and I don't look at my relationships as, what can I get out of them? That's a very selfish way to look at them. But when I can look at relationships, because I'm secure in who, God has made himself to me, I can give out love, I can serve others, and I can, I can be who God has meant me to be in that relationship. Well, a key around the repentance is that first, our relationship is affected by repentance is vertical first. It's gotta begin with you and God, but it's always, always sessed out horizontally. So vertical first, but it plays out in the horizontal. And if we, if we think that, oh, it's just me and God, and I got, I got the corner on truth, and you know, I, you know, I know that he's for me, but our relationships around us aren't so good, there might be a, something to take a look at. And that's where he leads us. He leads us into such a, a sweet repentance that comes, and when he does that, it allows us, like the message says, to have a radical life change, which is just powerful. So one of the keys with repentance and realizing when we come to God, um, it allows, it frees us up then to pursue our relationship. So later that morning, not too long after, Tim and I were able to have a phone conversation. And uh, 
it really, it, amazingly enough, he instigated it, which I thought really it was all my, my fault. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we were able to reconcile. And really all it was was both of us owning where we had been selfish, where we hadn't put each other ahead of ourselves. And in doing so, it allowed healing. It allowed for our relationship to be restored. And so many times in our relationships, we are so, um, we like to bury it and we don't want to deal with it. But it's much like, I think, of weeding our gardens and dandelions especially. They like to have roots that go down and down and are really hard to dig up. And they are harder the longer those dandelions are there. If you get them while they're little, they're easier to pull up. And so in our relationships, if we bury those things that come up, I mean, we could have easily gotten through our day, gone about our business, not ever really, and just picked up and then realized, oh, well, I still love him, so it's all good. But if we never addressed what was actually going on in the dynamic and giving opportunity then to grow, um, it just would have buried and that root would have gone down deeper. So the key to repentance is dealing with it as God reveals it. Allow him to root it out and then restoration happens and reconciliation. And when reconciliation happens, it is so beautiful. And that should be our goal, is to be reconciled to people as, as Christ is reconciled to us. So this morning, I just, no matter what our challenges are, we can go to God. He loves us and he forgives us all the time. That's so good. Um, that God actually roots up and he challenges us and that he wants a radical life change for us is so truth. And in kids' church, one of the things we always have is something that says, God is. There's always every Sunday, who is God? And God is, this morning, truth. He is trustworthy. And um, my revelation is, um, constantly with, re with relationships is that I want to be a person who reflects God's love. And his love's not shocked by our mistakes, shocked by the stuff that happens. It ne he's never shocked by it. Um, mistakes do not take him off guard. And even wrong and sin does not take him off guard. Our brokenness doesn't take him aback and he doesn't freak out. I'm a parent of three, okay? I, I know what freaking out is when you see something that you walk in a room and you go, you've got to be joking me. That is, okay, that's minor, right? But, but the freak out can be real, but he never does that. He just is not surprised, he already knows. So God is trustworthy with our mistakes and we're okay, he's trustworthy for us to uh, expose our hearts and our lives, and so the things that are uh, broken, that we uh, tend to press down, um, he already knows them, he already is okay with them. I grew up actually in a, in a home uh, that was a little bit of a roller coaster of emotions, and it was unsafe to actually come out and say what was going on because you didn't know what, what would happen. Would there be an explosion? Or would there be a retreating of love? Or, um, and, and that just causes unsafety in, in relationship. 
unsafety to be, to say, hey, I'm hurting today. Hey, I'm, you know, hey, I did this. Um, there's just no way that would happen uh, in that environment. Uh, often there was retreating, withholding, but then also of love when, cause sometimes that happens, right? When we get hurt, we're like, stay away. I just need you to stay back. But as a child, that's confusing. And also, um, Sometimes just the pretending that things didn't happen, and I love the verse that says that God deals with, you know, he brings light forward, the things um, out of hiding. And as a child, um, or as a person, if you're in a relationship that's roller coaster and volatile, and you don't know from time to time what that person's gonna be like, it actually pushes you back into hiding and it pushes you into lying. It pushes you into, yep, I'm just not gonna trust you with where I'm at right now. But God does not react that way. He actually is open-hearted and he lets us come into, he lets us come forward and say, hey, by the way, I've messed up again. So in that, how do I know that? Because in John 13, most, most of us know the story about Jesus actually pre, um, pre-predict, he knew, because he knows, right? Uh, Peter's denial before Jesus was put to death on the cross. Peter, he had looked at Peter straight up. They were spending time. They had dinner one night. They were spending time together. And Jesus looked at Peter and said straight up, Peter, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me. And that was it. And they went on, and they hung out all night. Jesus knew full well that Peter was going to betray him. And actually, Peter goes, no, no, I'm not, right? But um, as we do when stuff gets exposed. But Peter did deny him three times. So I, I think about how Peter felt in that time where he goes, oh, Jesus Christ, you are right. You knew what I was going to do after that third denial, and the, the, the deep conviction in his heart of, I did it. I absolutely did what he said, and I was pre-warned. And how Jesus, Je- Jesus later on, um, after he died and rose again, yes, uh, solving that problem, um, in John 21, we see a beach scene. And um, I just think that God's just so good because there's a beach scene, <laughs> uh, did you know it, <laughs> in, in the Bible, and it's actually one of love, not the, not the beach scenes we're used to in the movies at all. It's actually early in the morning, Peter actually went back to what he was doing in the past. And early in the morning, he was out fishing with his buddies, um, gone back to his old way of life, and they caught nothing, and they were up all night, and they caught nothing. And um, Jesus appears on the shore, and uh, stands at the, at the shore and uh, calls out, fellows, have you caught any fish? This is John 21. No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your nets on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because they were so, there were so many fish. God's about abundance. Even in this time where 
Peter ran back to what he used to do. And God just said, let me just pour out some love on you. I know what you need. I'm filling your nets. And um, there was just so much fish. Then the disciples Jesus loved, loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When, Peter, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic. This Peter just kills me. Okay, so he puts on his tunic for he stripped for work, as some would, and jumped into the water, as Peter does, and headed for shore. The others stayed in the boat and pulled and loaded the net to shore for those who were, were only about 100 yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire, and some bread. Jesus knew exactly what they needed, but, but Peter knew. I just think about how Peter would have felt, like he already knew that he betrayed Christ, and he knew Jesus was safe. He knew Jesus' reaction. He jumped in the water, and he went for Jesus. And he knew... And, and he just, I just picture that whatever reunion, the wet, sloppy <laughs> with his tunic on the beach. But Jesus had the fire going. He knew exactly, just come hang out with me. Come sit. I've got dinner for you. He didn't shun him away. He didn't say, remember? He didn't say, I told you, you did it anyways. He didn't freak out at this encounter. No, he knew, G he knew Peter in his time of hurt, knowing that he betrayed his best friend, um, that um, Peter needed a dinner. He needed just time to hang out. He needed to know that Jesus loved him, and that's what Jesus did. And then they have a conversation and uh, the conversation basically just asked, Jesus asked him, do you love me, over and over. And then Peter goes, he's hurt. And he's like, but Lord, you know everything. That's like further down. You know everything. You know I love you. And that's the point. The Lord knows. Jesus wants us to come, and I just picture that. No matter where we're at, no matter what we feel we need to be hiding in, Jesus can be trusted. He's waiting for us to come to him. And his reaction's not gonna be a freak out. It's not gonna be a withholding of love, which is an opposite to who, it, I mean, that's just not who God is. He says, come. So, um, our model for loving and reaching people our model for reaching our kids and our families, our model for reaching my loving my husband is to actually be in that place of, okay, let's sit down. I know there's something up and be okay. And it's not a freak out, it's not a reaction, but loving the way Jesus did. And then addressing the situation. Don't hide from it, because Jesus did do that. So that what we want to do is release we want to re be released from the stuff that's holding us down. That's why he came to earth, is to release us from what's holding us down. He wants us to come to him. So whether you're brokenhearted, whether you've found yourself in a mess again, the same old thing, 
which I often walk away when you're parenting, you often walk away and you go, oh, I did that again. But creating a place in relationships where we can walk freely and live out what Jesus walked out. We can trust him and he's invited us to a relationship with him first. So that is my revelation and I'm trying to create that in my life to love like Jesus loved. Thank you. So to be fair, the sidewalk, it needed to be salted. (laughs) That was a really big deal. You can get sued for stuff like that, come on. (laughs) So um, (laughs) it was a really bad morning. It's so bad when you forget it's Valentine's Day. It's that kind of bad morning. Guys, never have a morning that bad on Valentine's Day. I was so blessed that we could actually, well, actually, that she said what she did that morning while I was still pulling out of my tailspin that she said that to me. You don't know what that did to me. Like, she's owning her stuff, and, I, and most of that stuff was mine, actually. But, but she owned her side of that relationship. It was really, I'm privileged. I'm privileged to be married to her. Um, so as we were worshiping here this morning, I had a picture of a map of Calgary. And uh, all over this map of Calgary, I saw little red dots. Like on a Google map, there was like little red dots everywhere. And I was like, God, what are those dots? And God just says, those are your people. And I just want to say one thing here this morning, that you have a people that are completely yours and, and, and really tailored to you within the city that you live in within the community that you live in, within the coffee shops that you live in, within the buses that you take and the sea trains that you ride, the gyms that you go to, God has a people for you. What is a people? A people is simply, they understand you and you understand them. And there's a bond there. And I I really loved how you prayed for Calgary this morning. That was bang on. I loved it. And um, we know God's doing something in Calgary. And along with that, he is wanting to give you your people. Each one of you has your people. All right, there's the ones that are obvious, their family. Your family will always be your people, all right? Um, where you work, it could be toxic where you work. But what if God gave you those people as your people, right? What if? What if he gave us where we live? What if he gave them to us as our people? I want to read just 1 Corinthians 16 and 13 and 14. It says, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. And I just, I just, want, to, hey, I just want to encourage you, wherever you go, can you go there with love? Can you go to work? Can we go to work with love? Can we go to the gym with love? Can we hop on the bus with love? I, I ran, or I, I, I worked with a friend. We traveled all over southern Saskatchewan. We were working in churches. We were opening up drop-in centers. And uh, his name was Rob Parkman. And I just, I, this guy was awesome. He was a couple years older than me, but super gifted. And we could walk into an arcade, when they had arcades, pool halls. We could walk into a pool hall. And 
I'd be there with him, and uh, he would start playing pool with some, some local guy. And within five minutes of playing pool, this guy was pouring out his heart to my friend Rob. And I was just amazed at this. I was like, I want that. I want that. I want to be able to speak into people's lives after meeting them five minutes and to hear what God wants to say to them. I was like, how do I do that? And I just, I took notes and I prayed and I just got three things. But I only got time for one point, but I'm going to say three things. One, you listen to God. You listen, here's, here's the three points. Here. Listen, love, and leave them with hope. Listen, love, and leave them with hope. That's what we need to do wherever we go, on the bus, in the coffee places, anywhere. And you will find at some point that the Holy Spirit will speak to you and connect you with somebody else. So the other day, Thursday, I'm in Safeway. Lunchtime, I'm coming back from a meeting downtown. And I'm at the deli counter in Safeway, and there's nobody behind the deli counter. Nobody. It's lunchtime, and I want to get something from the deli counter, and there's nobody there. I'm standing there, all of a sudden another guy walks up, and then we're both standing there, and we're waiting. Finally somebody comes, they, I get my ginger beef, I order my ginger beef and my Sicilian pasta salad, and I'm standing there waiting for it to, uh, to you know, to fill up little containers. And I can already tell there's something going on here, because we're just kind of looking at each other and just going, yeah, safe way, right. <laughs> yeah, we got a bond. <laughs> We got a bond in the, in the, in the deli counter. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just looking and I'm just like, okay, I, 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 feel, I just feel a nudge. I feel a nudge from the Holy Spirit. I think it's, I think, let's just see. How are you doing? Good, awesome, great. Do you work around here? Uh, he's like, no. He's like, actually, I'm off. I'm off for a month. I wrecked my back and um, I'm not doing nothing. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, can I, uh, I used to say, this might sound weird, but can I pray for you? But now I just say, can I pray for you? And I've actually never had anyone, I, I got a 90% hit ratio with that. Can I pray for you? And he's like, yeah, sure. Actually, I've been meaning to go back to church, but I'm really, really sorry that I haven't. But I was like, like, "Uh, no, I just want to pray for you. Leroy, can I pray for you, Leroy? He's like, yeah, sure. And so I'm just like, I just shake his hand. I'm just like, I don't even close my eyes. I'm just like, Jesus. And I got to use the word Jesus because there's a lot of gods. You got to talk about Jesus. We're crying out to Jesus right now. So Jesus. In Jesus' name, I just speak healing into your back right now for the vertebrae to be healed, for the, for the, for the muscles to tighten up on those vertebrae. You'll be awesome. And, and then the Holy Spirit's like, talk about his future. And I bless your future in Jesus' name. You have a purpose that God is making clear to you over this next month, and he's going to speak to you about it. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> but, but, but I do it and, and I'm just like dude you are awesome thank you thank you for letting me pray for you and he's like thank you Tim and, and then I'm, I'm off grabbing the chicken and the salad and I'm making the circuit around Safeway and I'm coming up to the checkout stand and I'm almost done it's kind of weird if you run into him again right it's kind of like it's awkward now but I'm there I'm there paying for the stuff and he just walks by and he's like thanks a lot Tim 
I was like, thank you, Leroy. It's awesome. How do you get to that point? Because those things happen more and more the more you practice them. You can get on buses, and there's the same people on the same bus every, every morning. That can become your community. There's buses I could get on when I was going to university that if I wanted to get anything done, I had to go to the next bus because I was going to talk to too many people. There's coffee shops. If I want to get work done, I can't go to because those are my people. And I'm like, okay, I'm not getting anything done today. I'm just going to go to my people cafe, and I'm going to just hang out and read a Bible and just talk and see what happens. And so... <laughs> it's the Grammys. Uh, Here's what you do. You listen to God. How do you listen to God? You have quiet time. You have quiet time. You recognize his voice the more time you spend with him. You love people. Ask God for a prophetic curiosity over people's lives. I'm always curious about my life, but God, give me a prophetic curiosity for other people's lives. Help me to ask the right question. And whenever that happens, whenever you feel that nudge, it's a little familiar because you spend time with God, you, hear, you feel the nudge as well. And you have that moment when you can pray for them, leave them with hope. And if they open up to you, don't fix them. It's like they took their chest and just opened up to you for a second. And the last thing they want is for you to reach in and start fixing stuff. They just don't want to be alone in their mess. We don't want to be alone in our messes. Just ask, can I pray for you? Or just listen. Be the ear of Christ. Pray in the name of Jesus for whatever is going on. Bless them in the name of Jesus for whatever is going on in their lives. Ask God, how is, how is God for this person today? God, how are you for Leroy today? And by faith, we carry a verse in Isaiah 61. We carry this on our lives. If we know Jesus, we carry this verse on our lives. Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies, not against them. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his glory. So these are how we find our people. There will be some moment when someone will resonate with you, and you'll wonder what's going on. And you just simply have to ask God, what do I ask? What are you doing here, God? And just open it up. Take a step and just see what happens. Have a holy curiosity. Spend time with God and leave them with hope. All right. Yeah. So I want to invite the altar ministry team right now. I really want to thank you. It's a, it's a bigger work of... Uh, you need a massive attention span to listen to three people on three different areas of relationships. But if I can just have the altar ministry come forward right now, and if you guys, sorry, if we could all rise for one minute. If anything that's been spoken today by any three of us has resonated with you, 
we would love to pray with you. The altar ministry team would love to pray with you and just, and just confirm this in your heart and just send you out here empowered by what God wants to do in your life this week. So let's just pray for a second. Father God, we just thank you so much for what you've been teaching us about relationships. Lord, help us to steward the ones you have given us. Our marriages, our children, our friends, our church. Guide us into the ones that we don't know yet, that you have, you've actually reserved for us. You have placed us in families, you've said. So Father God, show us who they are. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you would like prayer, we welcome you now to come forward. We'd love to pray with you. If not, you are completely dismissed to go. And through those doors, go people that know how to manage their relationships and love people with the love of Christ. Have an awesome morning. We hope this message has impacted you. For more information about what's going on, please check out our website at myc3church.ca. Now go change your world.